Ricky, how's your day going? Uh, it's okay. Air conditioning's broken at work for the last two days. Over 85 degrees in the office. Really fun. That sounds very uh, ass swampy. Oh, yeah. My swamp ass had swamp ass. That's, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, so we're here to talk about uh, the only devil's news of the day. That's Jesper Bratt signing a one-year $5.45 million deal, avoiding arbitration. It's a very weird morning, and, and I think it, it's because it's the devils, and no one outside of us really gives a shit. But um, no one... Like, as far as hockey media. Now, now Jesper Bratt's maybe the best player to go to arbitration in the last, like, three years. Um, no one was talking about it. And I think part of it, you remember Elliot Friedman saying that there's just no chatter on, on either side. But, you know, we're all sitting here waiting till 9 o'clock, thinking that once 9 o'clock passes, they're in arbitration and it's all over. Over meaning that never ends well for the player and the team. I'm still not cons- I'm still not convinced it does, but well, so I've had obviously we've had time to think about it, and now I'm you know I usually react with the on the ledge and then think about it for a little while and have more rational thoughts. So I'm just gonna take a stab at how this went or why this was happening. Um, I think now we've had two negotiations in a row where Brat and his agent have been difficult. And last season, not this past season, but the one before that, he was on pace to have a very good year, a lot less games because of COVID and everything. Um, So they were probably looking for a big deal based off of potential. He missed camp. That was annoying. Um, But then he goes out 70-plus points this year, and Devils try to sign him long-term. So what I'm thinking, because the cap is going to be going up, um, and players like him that consistently put up those points are getting in the eight, nine million dollar range, and I think the Devils were somewhere in the high six, low sevens. So I would imagine Brad's agent was telling him, "Why sign long term now at seven million when you can go out and have another good year and make at least eight million, nine million?" Um, well, he's betting on himself. It's a risk. Yeah, what if he gets hurt? What if he has 50 points this year, you know? What if he has 30 points like he's had every year of his career until last year? Yeah, yeah, that's a huge risk. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't care how much money he makes, so... No, no, I don't either. Here's my here's what's weird for me. Okay. Is the arbitration numbers. If they came in, would they come in at Brett 6? Was it like five? Uh, Brad was a little over six, and uh, the that Devils were at four one five. Yeah. So, if he really thinks he's an eight million dollar player, right? Then why isn't he asking for seven? Why isn't he asking for eight? Why is he asking for six? Wouldn't oh, so... you ask? Wouldn't you ask for what you're worth? Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know how it works from the player standpoint. So. You know that you know a lot of people were freaking out about the Devils offering or going into arbitration with four point one five, but that's just how that process works. So I don't know what what the player's motivation is to submit a certain number. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, if he's really lo- so, that's part of the confusion because at the draft, and that's what. But that's my point. Yeah, like if if their agent's looking for a long term deal and the Devils offered six five or seven, whatever. 
if he feels he's worth six, where's the disconnect? Well, we don't even know what he feels he's worth because, like, the only talk we've had is what Fitz said at the draft, which was they've tabled an offer that shows the long-term commitment that the owners are willing to give to this player, which means, you know, it's for good money, long-term, probably seven or eight years. But then we just heard that there was no response from Brad's camp, no negotiation. They didn't come back with anything, you know, and then that's when you start to think like, does this player really want to be here? Or what is he even valuing himself at? Um, I don't know. And we're probably never going to know because if, and I've said the whole time, people are shitting on either Brat's agent or Fitz or whatever, but it's ultimately up to Jasper Brat. His agent works for him. So he could have said at any point, like, Hey buddy, get this done. He obviously didn't. So I don't know. What, what do you think he values himself as? Do you, do you have a, an opinion on that? I mean, I can only go off what we see, and if he if his number was six, whatever six six one six two, whatever the hell it was, that's got to be what he values himself at, right? But then, how is a long term commitment from the owners should have Not been enough. much I, more I, I, than I, that, right? I, right, exactly. That's what I would think. So somebody's lying. My estimate was that it's a seven eight to eight year deal, somewhere between six and a half and and seven two five or something. And Brat probably sees what Fiala got, um, and thinks that that's where he should be at. Um, I mean, look at Fiala; they're numb. He never really did much until this year. Yeah, he had an eighty five point year, but before that, forty, fifty four, thirty two, forty eight. So they're it's on still a more similar, than Brad, but yeah, a little it's bit trajectory, yeah. Yeah, similar trajectory. So maybe he's thinking that, or, um, or maybe maybe he didn't want to sign a deal yet because maybe he thinks he's got more to give, and he wants his next contract to be based off of that, not seventy or points. Maybe maybe he wants to be a UFA. That's also possible. Um, he's what two years away. Yeah, he's got two more seasons. So that I can understand where the Devils would push back because if he was looking for like a two or three year deal to walk him right into UFA, that is not attractive to the Devils at all because you want control over the player for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the only thing I can think of. But again, we've been sort of led to believe that he hasn't, that Brat and his agent weren't really even negotiating this whole time. Right. Um. I mean, I, I tweeted it earlier, right? This yeah. morning. I honestly, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Fitz, and I haven't been happy with the way the Devils have been doing things. But I can't blame them. Unless somebody's lying, I can't blame them for this. They, according to them, they made a, a good offer. Yeah. Now, I don't expect the player to take it, you know, take the first offer, but that should be a point, a jump-off point for negotiations. That's what I'm never, saying. And they just never heard back. Yeah, so like... So if you really want to be a devil, and this is your second time that you're in the contract negotiations and you're pulling the same shit you pulled last time, something's not something's not right. No, no, and... and I don't know. I, I, we'll probably even never if, know. Even if you want $9 million a year, then tell the... Then say, all right, well, the, we don't agree with your contract. We want nine. 
<laughs> Honestly, they, maybe they, they did. They meet in the fucking middle. But maybe there was no middle, you know? I'm just trying to think of all the scenarios of how this could have gotten this far. You know, you never know if, if Brat's agent just said to Fitz, like, don't call me unless the first number's a nine. Or or it's eight, eight and, and a half. And, and you know least. what? He's not worth that. Not yet. No, he's not. Not yet. And the thing he's, that... He's worth what he asked for in arbitration. Right now... I'd say he's worth, he's about a six, six and a half million dollar player. For Based sure. If it was seven years, six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. What he's proven in the league. I think that's a, is a, is a good number. What I was he's frustrated not- with this morning, um, when, when I thought they were in arbitration after nine o'clock, it just thought to myself, I don't know how it got to this point because Fitz was able to get um, Hughes and Heischer locked up to relatively team friendly deals um, but like Jack I mean, Hughes, Hughes' contract already looks like a fucking steal. And Jack Hughes is a player that talks about money in his interviews. Um, he did it yep. with his brother. He did it with himself. Like he's into it. And for him, who is only going to get better, to sign that deal—that's a bet on yourself. Number one, because he was paid based off the of potential, not uh, for what he's already done. But like. If I'm Jack Hughes, I'm thinking in the next couple of years, I'm going to be hitting 100 points and I'm going to be worth McDavid money. Like, but he was okay or, signing or, for or Darnell Nurse money. Yeah, at this point, Jesus Christ. But like, so I just don't understand because I just get so mad watching these Devils fans. And there was even one that we do, we interact with relatively often on Facebook who, um, when everyone thought this went to arbitration, what? We interact on Facebook with them? Sorry, Twitter. Um, When it was in arbitration, supposedly, he's like, uh, the devil's owners are probably just happy that they don't have to pay Brat. Uh, They're pinching pennies. I'm thinking to myself, like, I've gone back and forth so many times about yelling at people that the owners aren't cheap or anything. But, like, if they sign Brat to any kind of deal, $6 a year and over for a long-term deal... And then sign Miles Wood. We're out of cap space. Like they literally could not spend any more money if they wanted to. Like the whole team is cheap thing is. I, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but yeah. I I think the team is cheap in terms of not the on ice product, but the off ice stuff. But whatever. Kind of agree with you there. I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that you know the building was in shambles the last two seasons and. Yeah. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because of a labor shortage, because of COVID rules, and a and a huge lack of fans in the in the uh, the worst COVID year. Um, that it probably they lost money turning the lights on in that place. So, but with the next season, which is going to be a normal season, you know, with max fans at every game, people working, like that, I need to see that building until until everything gets shut down for monkeypox. Yeah, right. Um, that'll be fun. But yeah, like when they became Andrew's the own- new album coming out in six months. It is? I'm saying if everything gets shut down again, what else are you gonna do? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I already said twenty twenty three, but if uh <laughs> shit gets shut down. <laughs> it's a thirty-seven track fucking album. Yep. Oh god, I already have like four. Um no, but I mean, when these guys took control of the team, they put some money into the building, the new scoreboard thing, the the new locker room for the team. They did like open up new um, 
uh, concessions and stuff like that. But then just they let that just go to shit. Uh, the building well, is not when the building opened all the stuff that was awesome about it, like the local breweries and the local like the, you know, the new taste of Newark, like all that stuff was really cool. And just it's just all gone. Well, I think I think they just they hired out the food services to, I think, Legends, the same company that does the Yankees. Yeah. And they're just doing nothing with it. Um, it's Delaware North that does it at the Red Bulls games, and they're terrible over there, too. Um, it's just the bare minimum. And, and my friends that own that restaurant, Elizabeth, um, they got to stand there to sell uh Brisas. Brisas is the best. Go to dinner at Brisas. Um they put a stand there to sell empanadas and everyone bought them to the point where Delaware North tried to get them kicked out of the uh, arena because no one was buying the shitty chicken fingers. So they had to come to a deal where they can keep their stand there as long as Delaware North produces the food and and manages the stand. Cuz yeah, they had Brisas family like in in traditional Colombian garb and cooking the food and hanging out there that's all gone because because this food company i've experienced it myself yeah so that's what these companies do so i don't know but no but you're right i mean they had they have so many spots in the building that are just empty yep and just Um, shit that's not empty that's not even open yeah it's a lot of stuff shuttered so yeah it it looks terrible it literally it's a microcosm of newark yeah just shit shuttered it's like, yeah, and as much as I'll so crap on, um, the, it was just so exciting when the arena, like all these cool things and all everything was just awesome about the place, and just one by one, just taken away, taken away, taken away. Fucking Rita, like, how do you get rid of Rita's? Like, what? Even if you blame what could that it possibly on the, have been costing. Even if you blame it on the fans, the Devils just had their worst year in thirty years, so it's not yeah. our fault. No um, shit. You know, ticket prices keep going up. Mm-hmm. But even something like, all right, let's let's go with premium tickets. So I, I sat in the lounge a couple times where you get the free food and all that stuff. And even that was the absolute bare minimum. It was hot dogs and hamburgers and tin foil and French fries. And like they had on, on the other side, they had a carving station with the same thing every time, like different chicken dishes that was just like bland chicken breast with a different sauce on it. Um when it so does that, that was that place. I got tickets for free to sit there one time. It was like, holy shit! How could they? How could they be making money on these tickets, giving like this kind of food away? Now it's just like, meh. Well, and, and I put it into perspective because I went to um, a Red Bulls game in one of the skyboxes last month, and the food they had in there was like Korean short ribs. It was duck breast, uh, cheese steaks, a sushi bar. Like all this stuff that Prudential Center should absolutely have. They they had sushi when I initially. I don't know if they still do or not, but they had sushi. They had pasta. They had a carving station. I don't know about like, the lounge, like but a, they did have a sushi vendor behind section fourteen fifteen. That's gone. Oh no, it was in the lounge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when okay. it first opened, this was like season one or two. I got like preseason tickets. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean the building. The fact that the building's 15 years old, it could still look and feel like a new building. Yeah. You know, it's nice enough inside, but the place is a ghost town as far as amenities goes. I wish um, I wish somebody would 
would buy whatever the fuck it's called now or close down Izod, I guess it was last. It's uh, being used as sound stage, uh, sound stage right now for TV shows. Yeah, yeah, I would knock that bitch down and build something there again. They never will. I mean, I know just the mass transit, but like it, people made it work. Yeah, I'll, going I'll over that over cattle that. bridge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the middle of December. Um, <clears throat> no, but made the big tunnel now. Yeah. Oh, for Gateway uh, Plaza. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know what they're gonna do. We've gotten sidetracked now, but yeah, I, like that was we went off on a tangent. But my point being, I, I don't think the owners are cheap in terms of the on ice product, but the the off ice stuff has gotten out of control. The penny pinching there has gotten out of fucking control. We can agree. Uh, and you know, and then but then people will bitch like, oh, nobody's going to games. Like the the on ice product sucks. Well, that's what the I was just saying. Pro- the off-ice product sucks. Who the fuck in their right mind is going, yeah, let me drop, you know, I'm going to bring my kid to a game, but by the time I get two tickets, she gets $25 cold chicken fingers with shitty French fries. She gets, oh, I was going to say she get Rita's, but she can't get Rita's. She she gets whatever the fuck ice cream they have. $40 in parking before you even walk and in the door. And $40 in parking? We're talking $200, $250 to go watch them fucking lose. Why would I do that? Well, you can't say, like I just said, you can't blame the fans, especially when the team sucks so much. But on the other hand, Continental Airlines Arena was open way past its, you know, its useful date. The food there was terrible. There was absolutely nothing special about it. But the fact that the team won there, no one cared. Yeah. You know, so if you're not going to. It was it was our terrible, though, you know. Yeah. I mean, the place is an airplane hangar. Yeah, it was our terrible, though. Like, you know, people made fun of us for celebrating in a parking lot. We won the Stanley Cup. Who cares? Fuck them. Yeah, well, exactly. But my point is, like, people aren't going to nitpick the food and, you know, and the drinks and, and, like, the decor and all this shit if if they go to the building expecting the team to win and they win. You know, when it's the middle of December and they're getting blown out by the Coyotes, um, people are going to start to think, well... I can't even get good food here. It's way too expensive to come here. You know, then you start to worry about that stuff. But I don't know. But back to the team. Um, They're not cheap. They're spending wisely. And they're getting up to the cap with the team that they want. You know, these guys that complain, or these fans that complain that the team's cheap, would have rather of them spent $7 million on JVR or you know, $7 million on another player or something, a free agent flop, just to prove that they can spend money and then not have the cap space to get Dougie Hamilton or give all these extensions that they have to give to these young players. My issue, um, we've talked about it, about this coming season, is like, I just don't feel like the team got 30-something points better to where they're going to be competitive at the end of the season. I, I don't know. It's, it's the same forward roster, basically. Plus Palat. Plus Palat, who's a 20-goal scorer. So I'm like, you know, again, we talked about it. I'm not like, I don't hate the signing. He's a good player, but like, is he going to move the needle 30 points? He's an intangibles guy. Is is Vanacek going to move the needle 30 points? Probably not. So what are we going to be, 15 points out of the playoffs this year? I'm supposed to get excited over that? I I don't know, am I? It would be a little bit of an improvement. Yeah, it'd be fifteen point, it'd be fifteen point improvement, but still, you're still not going to be playing meaningful games. No, and we've said this for forever. I, I don't even care if they fucking lose; just be competitive. Be be hard to play against. 
They're not. Well, make the fans excited to want to go to a game past November, you know? Yeah. They're just not competitive in these games. We've talked about it a thousand times. They give up a goal and then fucking two, three, four goal goes in. You're like, all right, well, time to beat the traffic. Yeah, and and that's the the disappointing thing because the Devils have a good fan base. Um, I'm yawning. I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm tired, man. It's almost 10 o'clock. The Devils have a good fan base. They have a lot of fans. We've taken a lot of shit over the years for not having a full building. Well, I mean, after the year they went to the finals in 2012, that following season, every game was sold out for that half season. So if the team's good, the fans are going to be there. Um. Yeah, like when 2000, whatever the hell, last time we made the playoffs for Taylor Hall. Yeah, 2017. Every night. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was fun to go. Yep. I'm not going to lie. We don't have a Taylor Hall, though. No, but we have a Jack Hughes who's just as exciting. We have. If he can stay healthy. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, if he can stay <laughs> healthy. See, that's, that's why I'm not excited about this season because besides the COVID shit. You know, Wood missing the entire season. Heischer missing a lot of games. Hughes missing a lot of games. Hamilton missing a lot of games. Uh, Gra- not Graves. Um, Bernier and Blackwood getting hurt immediately. Like, so much shit has to go right for this roster to stick together. I just, I don't know how it's going to happen. And, and it's not even, and, and more so than that, it's, when I talk about our team being basically the same, our, our forward depth is terrible still. One single injury to that top six, and we're talking about Michael McLeod being a, a, on, a, on the top two lines, or oh, Tice Thompson. Like, what? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Well, there's such a large spectrum of success and failure here because you've got you know if Hughes and Heischer stay healthy, if if Nico plays the way he did the second half of last year. If Brat plays the way he did last year, if Sharon Govich scores 25 plus goals like we know he can, if Tatar scores 20 plus goals like he's supposed to, um, if Mercer takes the next step, if, if Holtz makes the, the, the lineup and plays well, if Palat scores 20 goals and does what he's supposed to do, like there's so many ifs, but we keep seeing we did the, the opposite. Same, we said the same shit last yep, year. Absolutely. And most of the things we said happened and they still sucked. Yeah. And they still were terrible. Yep. It's. I have this weird feeling that we're going to see the devil season start and Ruff is going to be reluctant to put Holtz on that top two lines. So you're going to see like Hughes, Sharon Govich, and like he's going to try to fit a square peg into a round hole and put like Tatar up on the top line. And it's just not going to work. And they're going to waste a month month and a half trying to jam that peg into that square that square peg into that round hole and it's just not gonna work. I mean and, but, and then and then Holtz is gonna be on a third line with whatever the fuck his name is we just got from Boston. Paula Paula and whoever the fuck is gonna be and then he's gonna put in score four or five goals and everyone's gonna call him a bust. Yeah, the third line is going to be Tatar, Hala, and uh, Holtz. Yeah. I mean, or, the roster's already as imbalanced. Yeah. yeah, the right. roster's yeah. Imbalanced, imbalanced like crazy anyway because everybody's still left-handed. And, yep. I it's going to happen. You know, there's no... I don't see a single possible scenario where the opening night roster has 
Alexander Holtz on the top top line right wing. Well, I mean, I, I no. honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Brat there. To be honest, you know. Okay, and, the second line, the second line, right wing. Yeah, if you've got um, like Palat, Hughes, Brat, and then Sherrod Govich, Heischer, Holtz, and then Tatar, Hala, Mercer. I just don't see them putting him there. Well, right now he doesn't he deserve be. to. No, right. right now he doesn't well, deserve to be there. He needs to show up to camp and like score some goals. Um, and it's again the same thing that that Jesper Bratt did when he was a six round pick, and no one even had him on anyone anyone's radar to make the team. Showed up in camp, and we're like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Like, that's what Holtz has to do. Otherwise, he doesn't deserve that spot. I think he has the talent to play in that spot, and I think but he's got to grab it. Yeah, well, it depends. Depends on uh, uh, based on what though. Who the fuck well, was he playing with when he was up here last year? But again, Mercer you put, spent... You put a guy with one of the best one-timers you'll ever see, you put him in front of the net on the... You don't even put him on the power play, and when you do, you put him in front of the net? Yeah, but Mercer spent the majority of the year in the bottom six. He stuck there because he looked like he belonged, and he, and he was given the opportunity he was given, and he made the most of it. Holtz... No matter what opportunity they gave him, he looked like he didn't belong there in the regular There's season. Different types of players, though, too. Sure, but again, Brat forced himself onto the team. Mercer forced himself onto the team. Damon Severson, when he was a rookie, forced himself onto the team in preseason. He wasn't a shoe in either. Off the team. Yeah, but what? who said that? Ty Smith had a, had a great uh, yeah. pre- preseason. Forced himself onto the team. Had a great year. Like you've got to give a re, you know. Uh, and I'll disagree with you here if this if that's what it comes to. But Lindy Ruff is not going to give Holtz a top six right wing spot because of his potential. He's got to take it. And... I'm not disagreeing. I'm, that's what I'm saying. They're not, he's not going to be. I, I don't even. I think even if he has a good training camp, he's still not going to be in the top six. He doesn't have to be. It's if just, he has a good camp and just... he's the third line right wing and puts in 15, 20 goals, fine. He's still young. You know, it's the same problem that I have with the Red Bulls. Like, I, I don't want to rely on a 20-year-old, like, to be but a good like, team or not. Right, but not going out and getting a top-line wing? You, you kind of are. I wonder if they're still trying to uh, get JT Miller. I wonder if how that would happen. But, you know, I just... I. We we never talk about Andreas Janssen because you just consider him gone. He still needs to be traded, but Tatar too. I mean, that'll clear over seven million, almost eight million in space. Um I mean they can go get JT Miller and They could, not, but for what? Unprotected first. Uh, <laughs> Holtz. Just don't trade I, my boy Igor. That's my I'm starting. I've been getting this sinking feeling about Holtz. Where I would have rather have traded him away and gotten a known commodity that you know what you're going to get versus hoping he can be good. Yeah, because you know who 
uh, he's behind right now is a guy like Nicholas Bergforce. You know, he was a young Swedish winger that had potential. And, like, he did more than Holtz has done so far. Um, yeah. I mean, the best thing he ever did was allow himself to be traded for uh, Kovalchuk. But that's the minimum of what you want out of Holtz next year. Is yeah, no, to I at least agree. look like he belongs in the NHL. I still would be very interested in calling San Jose and seeing if they're willing to do something with Timo Meyer. Only... At the end of next season, he's making $6 million. He's going to get a little bit of a raise, probably. He's played with Nico a lot, and they have chemistry. I would be willing to bet that they would take Holtz, considering they have Eklund, and they both played a lot together. I think that's a good start to their rebuild, honestly. I wonder if they can make that work capitalized, because I feel like the only reason they signed Palat was because they didn't get Johnny Gaudreau. And Palat was sort of a, okay, now we have money for him. So if you get Meyer or if you get JT Miller, both of them, plus Brat, need very heavy long-term deals at the end of the season. Yep. So you're looking at Brat plus whoever they acquire. I'm not worried about next season because we have money coming off the cap, so I'm not super concerned about next season. I guess. I mean, but, but Brat plus whoever they season. acquire is going to cost $15 million plus in cap just for those two players. Like we've said in the past, good teams don't worry about that shit. They figure it out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's I mean, true. Tampa doesn't give a shit. No, and, and, and it's not going to look bad for them until their window starts to close. You know, then they're I mean, going to start. Tell me how this makes sense, right? I'm just looking at Tampa right now. They have one, two, three, four, five players making over $7 million a year. Okay. One, two, three, four making over $8.5 million a year. And somehow they continue winning. And they continue adding to their roster. Well, Julian Breesbaugh knows what he's doing. Look at the fact that they have no first rounder until 2025. They don't have a second rounder next year. So all this is going to bite them in the ass when their window closes. But right now, no one cares because they're winning. Now, they have negative $7 in cap space. But you scroll all the way down... And they acquired Brent Seabrook's contract to be able to go 6.875 over the cap when the season starts with LTIR. So they have about, right now they have about negative $300,000 in cap space. Um, so. I would uh, much rather go into a rebuild. Coming off of three consecutive Stanley Cup finals, two cups. Than going to the finals once in 2012 and then being dog shit for a decade. But that's what the Devils are working on right now because you're looking at with the contracts that they have signed. Let's let's look at 
24-25 as an example. They have Hughes, Heischer, Pilat, Hamilton, Marino, uh, Siegenthaler under contract in the middle of their deals. And that's when they should be competing. And you're going to have a window, and, and Brat too, who will be under contract, because we'll go back to him, but I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, you're going to have that core locked up to hope that you're going to have that run that Tampa Bay is having. And that's going to last, you know, Hughes is 21, Heischer's 23. Let's say we're really competing by the time Hughes is 24 and Heischer's 26. Then you've got a five, six-year window at least with all of those core players locked up and you're over the cap every year, but at least you're going for it. I mean, I feel like we're at the beginning of that right now. And right, but it's been a decade. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. It's been a decade. We have every right to be frustrated, but we didn't have these prospects and we didn't have any free agents signing here. Um, Lou was signing. Still don't. don't. Well, yeah. I mean, well, we weren't even going to sign Andre Palat five years ago. Okay. He was wanted around the league. But and the Devils might have had to overpay him a little bit to I mean, get him here. Look at his contract; they definitely overpaid to get him here. Sure, but who was Lou signing off free agency? Talinder, Volchankov, uh, Brian Ralston again, Mike Camilleri. Like he was getting guys that no one else wanted. So you know, at least we're signing players and trading for players like that. John Marino trade was genius. Um, the Siegenthaler extension, great, and that was a trade. So, on one hand, everybody deserves to be frustrated because this team has absolutely sucked for over for 10 years besides that Taylor Hall year. But at the same time, you also have to be a little understanding that that rebuild didn't actually start until two years ago, three years ago. But that's the frustration. It should have started a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, we had Lou who... You're being patient and willing to go through a rebuild. But you can't be half in and half out. You got to either do it or don't do it. Otherwise, they, you end up what, where we've been for 10 years. Yeah. And they didn't actually do it until they were bad enough to draft Nico first overall. Then they got, here's a center we're going to have for the, you know, a franchise center. And then we got gifted Jack Hughes as well. So that's when that shit started. So I, listen, I understand everybody's frustration, but Lou Lamorello left us zero prospects. The same way he's going to leave the Islanders. Yeah, and the same that he was probably going to do with Toronto if if he didn't leave there. So, and then Shiro came and tried to put a Band-Aid on it, got Nikita Gusev, who we wanted for some reason, um, traded for P.K. Subban, um, signed Wayne Simmons for one year, like tried to put a Band-Aid on a bad team. Um, he traded for Paul Mary and Johansson and Hall and... You know, all decent moves, but, like, we didn't have that system there to to supplement that. So we never went anywhere with that stuff. So now we're going to have a core up front with Hughes, Heischer, Palat, Bratt, Sharon Govich, Mercer, Holtz, Boquist, um, and, and a defense, Hamilton, Marino, Siegenthaler, Nemitz, Hughes. Like, we haven't had that for 20 years. So... Yes, let's be frustrated, and especially frustrated because while we're supposed to be somewhat optimistic, they had their worst year in 30 years last year. That shit can't happen again this year. Mike, like Mike if, I'm also very confused by the draft and free agency 
going basically all in on defense. When arguably player for player, our defense wasn't that bad in terms of talent. I mean, they needed to be better, but you got some kids coming up that can play. I don't know about draft. What, what do they draft? Like six defensemen, five defensemen. I, I it's feel just better a weird, about. It's a weird strategy when everyone always talks about how we're defense, defense, defense. But our forward group is not great, and our forward group of prospects is not great. Yeah, do we have any top forward prospects that aren't already on the team or not named Del- Holtz. No, no. Um, None, right? Brian Hallinan, who could be good. Uh, Chase Stillman. Chase Thompson? Chase Thompson. Chase Stillman Arnie can't Talbot even team. fucking make the World Junior team? Arseny Gritsuk supposed to be good. If yeah, they okay. ever get him out of Russia. I forgot about him. Yep. If they ever get him out of Russia, I forgot about him. Yeah, you're right. But the only, so the only thing that I'll, I'll disagree there is because we've got... Guys already in the NHL, like I said, Hughes, Heischer, Brat, at a very young age, Sharon Govich, Holtz, Mercer. Like, that's a good amount of guys, very young, already in the big leagues. On the defensive side, we don't have that. So I feel like they, they kind of had to stock up on that position because the guys we have, like, they're not all guaranteed to make it. You know, I think you're counting on Hughes and Nemitz to be great. But after that... um. You know, yeah, Marino. You only need, yeah, sure, but you don't need six top pairing guys. You need some guy. You know, the world needs ditch diggers too. You need these third line, third pairing guys that can grind it out for you and block shots and that sort of shit. Uh, you know, those guys are easier to come by. But hey, remember that time they signed Brendan Smith? Yeah. I just saw right. him on. <laughs> That's like um... a move you make when you need a depth defenseman for your playoff run. Right. He'll he'll look great on somebody else's team at the deadline. Huh. Uh I don't know. I, Could I don't, you I imagine would have drafted some more forwards too? Could you imagine if Tatar and Janssen have good years, Halla has a good year, and then like and and Brendan Smith and Damon Severson have good years, but the team still is a seller at the deadline? Like the, the assets that the, that Fitz will be able to get from those trades. Nice, and then we'll go through another off uh, another off season where he's like, you know, we're going to weaponize cats, cap space. Yeah. We got all these, we got all these assets. Yeah. Oh, we have three first round draft picks. Let's pick. Let's make three picks instead of trading one. Great, awesome. Jesus. <sighs> all right, let's get out of here. I wanted to keep it yeah. short tonight because then we start babbling like we're doing right now. Um, so back to Brat. My prediction is that he has a good year and he gets locked up long-term at probably $8 million a year. I don't, I, I see a lot of Devils fans on HF boards, Twitter saying trade him. He doesn't want to be here, whatever. I think he's going to be here for a very long time and it'll, it'll probably get figured out at the second half of the season. He'll get signed to an extension. Um, I don't know. What, what do you predict happens with Sir Jesper Brett? I don't know. I really don't have a, I just don't have a read on it. Like, I don't even have a gut feeling on it. I don't, it could go either way. It's just, it's up to him. Like, he could not want to be here for whatever reason. I don't know. And no matter what they offer him, he could still want to leave. 
something oh. must have happened behind the scenes for him to really not want to be here like that. But uh, maybe he doesn't like playing for Lindy Ruff. I don't. Who the hell knows? It's not like it wouldn't be without precedent. Yeah, Lindy Ruff's gone after this year. It's the last year of his contract, and his replacement's going to be standing next to him on the bench all year. <laughs> yeah, I have. I don't think it's going to be all year, my friend. Yeah, I mean, if they're if they're five hundred, I think, I think Ruff keeps his job. But if they're so bad by Christmas, like they were last year, I think Burnett takes over pretty quickly. Yep. So anyway, um, we'll be back if there's something to talk about. Because uh, if we try to do this consistently, we're just going to end up uh, talking to ourselves. Yeah, like we're doing right now. Um, um, let's come up with some interesting. We're going to try to get some guests on too. Yeah, yeah, we're working on that. We're working on a cool idea that that needs a little bit of fleshing out and preparation and stuff that I think everybody would enjoy. Um, I don't want to talk about the Red Bulls because I'm really angry at them. Um, you watched that I game. saw they. I saw they. Uh, what they got some guy on loan that has uh, like two goals. <laughs> oh my god! So they need a striker, really badly. So the the only guy they're linked to now in the transfer window is a twenty year old reserve player in Brazil who's got two goals in twenty games. So they haven't signed anybody yet. So if you want to talk about ownership that's cheap, talk about the Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're going with a and they're and they're only looking to acquire that guy for a loan till the rest of the season. So no commitment, no money for a twenty year old who scored two goals who's just going to show up here and magically bring this team to a cup. Yep. You know it. Make me so fucking mad. I mean, our owners are fucking Oprah compared to the Red Bulls. (laughs) And the Red Bulls are a multi-billion dollar industry that could sign Ronaldo and Messi and not even have it uh, touch their bottom line. But anyway, um, we're going to go. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you sometime soon. Bye bye.